Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Nice to see you, my friend. You too, buddy. <laughs> Great. We're to the point. Hello, Jesse. We're <laughs> podcasting, you and I. On the new Jordan, Jesse Go, we've replaced genuine bonhomie with false bonhomie <laughs> in the form of yelling. Hello. Hello, We're friend. speaking. You're listening. <laughs> Well, back to the bunkhouse for us. <laughs> the bunkhouse? Yeah, for some reason, I imagine that we were cowboys. Oh, okay. Oh, I like that. That'll, that informs my performance then. <laughs> okay, good. Can we start over? Yeah. I mean, you could be, do you think you would be a cowboy or maybe a cowboy chef, a cowboy troubadour? Cowboy poet. Cowboy poet. Yeah. Right. I feel like I would be soaking the beans. Bean soaker. Yeah, I'd be the I'd be making the making the cowboy coffee, soaking the beans, so uh, I, taking care of the so bean wagon soaking. train. I'm writing uh, poems about jackrabbits. Yeah, we are the two most disposable people on this <laughs> cattle drive. <laughs> if, they, if there's cutbacks, we're the first to go. You don't have to run faster than the cougar. You just have to run faster than Jesse and Jordan. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what they say out if on the a range. Cougar is attacking your right. Your herd. I tried to think of what animal would attack. I've not watched enough Marty Stauffer's Wild America to mm-hmm. remember exactly what would be the I appropriate. Think cougar sounds fine. That seems right. Right. That's, that does seem right. I mean, it introduces a confusing element of uh, adult sexuality. Oh, sure. People would would wonder if you were talking about a, an older, a lusty older gal. Yeah. But you're not. You're talking about a mountain lion. Yeah. They didn't have lusty older gals on the range. They no. died early. <laughs> right. Exactly. Everybody everybody got diphtheria. <laughs> everybody died young and toothless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I would be making beans. Sure. I'd be, hey there, Jordan. How about some of my beans? <laughs> I can't have beans now. I'm too busy considering this roadrunner. Got it. I'm considering him for a poem. Uh, we've got a guest on this week's Jordan Jesse Go, as we do many weeks. Sure. Bordering on most weeks. Yeah. Almost every week. 98% of weeks. Sometimes uh, someone doesn't show up at the last minute. You know. And Steve Agee can't come. <laughs> yeah. So Steve then we do the show by ourselves. Steve Agee's busy taking Instagram photographs with a beautiful actress. Sure. Which is, I don't know a lot about Steve Agee's life outside of when he comes here because uh, uh, we have texted him because somebody didn't show up to mm-hmm. be a guest on Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah. Um, and I love that part of my relationship with Steve Agee. Mm-hmm. The rest I only know from Instagram, and that's just exclusively pictures of him with beautiful actresses. I like it when he gives me a little hit of that vape. Oh, yeah. He always has a vape. <sighs> vape that vape. I'm doing it right now. Okay. In my we, mind. We have a guest on this week's program. You know him as a beloved stand-up comic. He's got a brand new special on uh, 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 internet service called Netflix.com. Uh, I bet you can get it on digital versatile disc from Netflix.com as well if you're doing a mail order thing. Right. Well, I want to hear the director's commentary. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, see the animated menus. I love animated menus. You know him as the Simpsons hater who ruined your childhood. <laughs> I hate the Simpsons. You made, wait, you made the Ghostbusters movie? <laughs> oh, what a bitch. <laughs> I, I hate the Simpsons so much. And if I could go yeah. back in time. I would kill every single person who created that show. Oh, no. <laughs> Except Tracy Ullman, who actually had no involvement sure. in the creation of that show. How do I know that? Because I'm a Simpsons fan and I actually know all the sort of details of their creation. <laughs> he Hari, likes it. He likes Hari, it. Hari, our friend Hari Kondabolu. Nice to see you, friend. Nice to see you as well. I was thinking about when you were telling the story about Steve Agee. Yeah. I know what Steve Agee looks like, but in my head, it was Tommy Agee, the former New York Met. Oh, sure. <laughs> and it made a much more entertaining story, even though I do know what Steve Agee looks like. Sure. Well, in my head, it was former 3030 man Howard Johnson. Wow. (laughs) Well, when you mentioned that, I I imagined a hotel playing third base. Right. (laughs) In my head, it was Steven Seagal, (laughs) who I call Steve Seagal. (laughs) When you described that to me, Hari, I was thinking of a can of chock full of nuts. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of confusion here. Sure, boy. We were were all not on the same page. Mm -mm. Chock full of nuts is is good at stopping those grounders and uh, (laughs) pop-ups. But doesn't have a good throwing arm. Yeah, in the end, it turns out we were all trying to talk about David Cohn. Oh, sure. David Cohn. Conehead. Television analyst. Talking about David Cohn is like dancing about architecture. (laughs) 
Ain't that ain't that the old adage? How are you doing, Hart? I'm good. I'm in Los Angeles, California. Oh, really? Yeah. You've been you've been back and forth a lot lately. Yeah. I mean, what I've been told. You're a New York resident. I'm a New York that. resident, Brooklyn, New York, and I've been told that traveling to LA a lot is a, probably a good sign because sure. things are happening in your career. Unfortunately, I don't like Los Angeles, which mm, makes sure. this difficult. Oh. You like seeing your old pals Jesse and Jordan? Yes. <laughs> you said <laughs> unconvincingly. I love being in this bomb shelter yeah. where you do the recording. <laughs> but you're safe if the fucking oh, big yeah, one yeah, drops yeah, sometime great. in this 80 minutes. Where, where, was, was there an earthquake recently in Los Angeles or in the L.A. There, area? That's usually a safe thing to say. Were you in here at the time? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever been in here during a quake. I think I I've only noticed one earthquakes in the 10 years that I've lived in Los Angeles. And I don't know whether that's because we've had an unusually good run of relatively few earthquakes Mm -hmm. or that I am earthquake insensitive. And I fear it is the latter. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the case with me as well. I think I will gradually, I will notice, I will think I notice one, mm-hmm. but I always have to check Twitter to see if there actually was one. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, I mean, this is a, a regional thing, but you probably notice that if you follow a lot of comics on Twitter, is that like comedy earthquake Twitter is a thing. Yeah, huh. absolutely. Yeah. It's I'm, not quite as robust as, you know, book Twitter or black Twitter, but I mean, it's, it's, it has its fans. Or something's going on on Hollywood Boulevard Twitter. Oh, sure. I feel yeah. like that's a big when they close it down annoyed, for a Annoyed by a premiere. Annoyed by the Millennium Falcon that's blocking traffic. Yeah, that's one of the top categories of I don't of follow Twitter. these Twitters. I have really? no idea. Yeah. What does Comedy Earthquake Twitter sound like? Are you on having seen your, uh, having seen your new special mm-hmm. uh, or portions of your new special? Yeah. Uh, are you on Mango Twitter at all? You know what? Mango Twitter, if it's created, it will be created by me. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean— And tech entrepreneur Anil Dash. Probably. Probably mostly Anil, considering he has more Twitter followers. And, I, you know, I might claim a lot of credit, but I think he has more insides in the, uh, the Mango yeah. world. Um, <laughs> I mean, that hashtag Mango Talk should probably be the beginning of that. <laughs> Wait, oh, so yeah. explain Mango Talk to me? So, uh, I have a joke uh, in my new special, Warn Your Relatives, about how much, like, Indian people love mangoes. Mm-hmm. And how all the stereotypes you hear are so corny, but one that is true and that's close to the heart is that we like mangoes. Mm -hmm. And so at the end, I talk about how much I love mangoes, and if I could, I would start a mango podcast Uh where other uh, me and other famous Indian American celebrities, all 15 of us, (laughs) would talk about mangoes. And I give this example. I said, "Mm, that's a great mango. How's your mango? Cal, sometimes I say Hassan if the crowd's a little younger, don't tell Cal. Okay. Sure. okay. Yeah. Then I'm, and then Cal slash Hassan was like, How's your mango, Dr. Sanjay Gupta? <laughs> <laughs> always gets a big laugh because he's a figure you don't always think about. Yeah, right? That's true. Yep. But we all know him and love him. We all know him and love him. Some and, good sounds in the name, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is a good comedy sound. And it's actually Gupta, but I intentionally mispronounced it for the laugh. Right. Sure. Sold him out. Don't yep. know him. Sold him out. <laughs> So uh, and then he says, "How's your mango, Mindy?" At which point mm-hmm. I do a very bad Mindy Kaling impression. It's a good mango because she's a lady, <laughs> sure. right? She's a woman. And so, where did Hari go? A beautiful lady was just here briefly uh-huh, and uh-huh. then disappeared. Yeah. yeah. And all I do in the show, so they know I'm different characters. I go from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. So like, whoa, we're it's really this is. Uh, I'm I'm glad we're learning about the craft of comedy yes. here. Yes. I, I think Jordan Jesse Go listeners know mm-hmm. that I'm a real fruit lover. Mm-hmm. I love a good piece of fruit. Sure. Mm. Um, and I have no patience for a bad piece of fruit either. Mm. Fair. Don't that, that never shall it cross my lips. Okay. Um, and sure, like I'm probably best known for my enthusiasm for the Satsuma tangerine. Mm-hmm. It's fine fruit. Um, and more recently, I've been very excited about cherimoyas. Tell me more about the cherimoya. Oh, uh, that's the custard apple. I have heard about the cherimoya. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, I, but I have to say, our mutual Twitter friend Anil Dash, tech entrepreneur, yes, Anil Dash, yes. Um, also, Prince enthusiast. <laughs> enthusiast doesn't even begin to no, describe not it at all. <laughs> Having heard his episode of our podcast, Heat Rocks, uh, yeah, enthusiast is like. It, it, that's it, enthusiast is a two and Anil is an eleven. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, I became Twitter friends with Anil Dash, uh, who is Indian American. Yes, and Anil will occasionally the, the two main non tech or social justice things he will tweet about are Prince. He will occasionally go off on a Prince jag. Correct. He will occasionally go off on a Mango jag. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where he just gets really into his very passionate feelings about particular types of mangoes, oh. manners of consuming mangoes, and one day. 
I had dismissed mangoes. I'm going to be frank with you. This is not that long ago. I'm going to say five years Mm -hmm. ago. I had largely dismissed mangoes. Not that I wouldn't eat mangoes, but it just wasn't part of my life. Too much work, too messy, too stringy, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Right now, it feels – to me, it feels as if you are describing a hate crime and I'm trying to be okay with my friend Jesse describing a hate crime. Nobody's perfect. Five years ago. Okay. He's changed a lot since then. He might have – okay. Things have happened. But learn. Can I can I ask you something as a mango fan? Yeah. I want I want to, I want to know how ashamed you are of me. Mm-hmm. I do like mangoes, but I agree with the too much work situation. So I will buy them pre-sliced. I'll buy a little plastic container of them and snack on them throughout the week. Am I bullshit? No, no, no. I think uh, it is time consuming, and sure. and also you know it's really hard to criticize you for that because the mangoes we get in this country aren't particularly good. Mm. Uh, I've read a little bit about the history of that, and it's really depressing. The best mango, <laughs> most of the world's Wait, man- you're telling me that the history of the international fruit trade isn't just a bunch of uh, love and donuts? No, no, no. As the classic saying goes. There's a lot of colonialism <laughs> and uh, unfair trade practices and uh, migrant labor. So oh, boy. you're, yeah. you're yeah. saying that uh, United Fruit was not a charitable organization? <laughs> so my, So some years ago, Anil... Uh, had one of his signature mango rants Mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I have a lot of respect for this man. I think he's a very smart man, a very conscientious man. I also love Prince. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get serious about mangoes. You know, I'm not going to slide on my vague impressions from when I was 15 years old or whenever was the last time I really gave mangoes a chance. I'm not just going to settle for... The sliced mangoes from Trader Joe's, which I I I'm with I understand exactly why you're mm-hmm. doing it. Those sliced mangoes from Trader Joe's, not bad. No, and they're right there. They sliced them up for you already. Mm-hmm. Or even sometimes they're too mushy. Yeah, and sometimes they're not mushy enough. That's a big problem with them. Is they're often not the right amount of fresh. Do you want to pick up a free twenty dollar bill, or or is it? Or you see uh, twenty one dollar bills? You're like, no, I'm not going to pick up those twenty one dollar bills. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not a madman. No. Mm-hmm. It's still twenty dollars, um, and certainly I, you know, here and living in Los Angeles, as we've discussed many times on the show, one of the best things about living here is that there are f- cut fruit vendors mm-hmm. who will cut some fruit for you for five dollars. And when I learned that uh, you didn't just have to accept all the fruit, you could ask them not to give you any jicama if you didn't feel like eating jicama that day. You could mostly just get. I don't know why you'd say no jicama. I well, I'm not. I'm just saying if on that day, sure. on a certain days, and there's not, there are jicama days and there are non jicama days. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just want to. Uh, you want the luxury of just saying, just, just give me uh, mangoes and watermelons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just I want all luxury products here. You know, no, there's no other. There's no filler. Mm-hmm. Jicama is a is a wonderful filler, but it is filler. Oh God! The te- I'm a, it I'm does a have a great. Te- texture. I'm a texture guy, a baby. Texture. So I said I'm going to get serious about mangoes mm. because there can't. I must. I'm missing something here, and also because I live in a substantially Latino neighborhood. There's access to non. What's the standard mango that you get at an American grocery store called the string, the big stringy green one? Yeah, I know what you mean. But okay. you have maybe you have maybe some red mangoes available yeah, and, to you. And my personal favorite is the Atahualpa mango, mm. which is like the little yellow one. Very good. Um, and when the mango. little yellow one is in season, you can buy it by the crate from a man on the side of the road here in Los Angeles. People claim those are Alfonso mangoes, and they're lying. Those are actually Atahualpa mangoes. Right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, these are this is a Mexican. This is, this this is, is a really Mexican mango. And I also, my wife uh, lived for five months or something like that, six months, I don't remember, uh, in Cuba, mm-hmm. where there was not very much food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard even for uh, Western people to find enough food. And one of the main things that they ate was mangoes, because uh, there were enough mangoes. And so she is a real good mango slicer. And I said, honey, Let's practice a few times together. I watch a YouTube video about slicing mangoes. Get it so I can get nice and close to the pit, and then I'll I'll do the it. I'll just score the sides and flip them inside out and munch the chunks. Right, which is a nice way to eat it. And this has completely turned me around on mangoes. I couldn't have been more wrong before. Uh, I now will eat during the season when the when the nice mangoes are around and and cheap. I will eat one a day without hesitation, Great. every day. 
Hari, as a mango aficionado, yes. what are your favorite varietals and what is your favorite way to prepare one? I think it's very difficult for me to tell you what my favorites are. Just because when I'm in India, I don't really know what the names of the different mangoes are. Uh-huh. I'm just given them and they're very good. <laughs> and I don't ask. I would like this variety of mangoes. I'm like... Give me one that makes me happy. <laughs> and people always deliver. Sure. And they're not going to give you sadness, mangoes. No, no, no. Oh, my God. That's for the British. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> we should explain that the, the main right. thrust of anti-colonial activity in India during the colonial era involved giving unripe or uh, undesirable mangoes to the British colonial overlords. Yeah, that, that was a, a form of protest until right. we realized that it was inefficient. Right. I will and say, though, Sadness Mangoes is my favorite Mountain Goats album. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... It's one of the more acoustic ones. Yeah. Mangoes, to me, it, you know, it's funny. This isn't funny. This is kind of sad, but um, <laughs> this is how much I love mangoes. <laughs> For all of my major breakups, mm. this is a weird pattern. I have bought, and which tend to happen around mango season, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. I've bought whole mangoes, mm-hmm. cut them, not into little pieces, but kind of big chunks, so I could eat them out of the skin, mm-hmm. and played Ken Burns baseball. <laughs> yes. Yes. From beginning right. to end. Sure. And just, how, long is, how long is Ken Burns baseball? How many installments is this? It's nine innings, okay. each half innings, oh. 18 parts. Each part's, what, an hour? Sure. Plus extra innings. Plus extra innings that the they made. The special they added mm-hmm. later. Which is a very, it's very hilarious that they were talking about how the Giants hadn't won since they moved mm-hmm. to San Francisco because they yeah. had to cover the, the Red Sox in the year it came out. The Giants won. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. tempt fate. This I is know. what happens. I know. So I, I just watch, uh, you know, I watch that while eating mangoes. And for a little while, I feel okay. Do you feel like when you are doing that, you are aware of the extent to which you are an undergraduate's paper about the second-generation immigrant experience in America? Every day is that. Okay. (laughs) Every day I walk around, I know there is an 18-year-old writing a paper about me, (laughs) citing things I've tweeted. Uh Sure. I'll tell you, it is very funny how I'm both – Someone who's like creating history all the time, while also, uh, you know, I'm aware of like, like I'm actively creating it, like I'm writing it down while also doing it. Like the, the, the Apu thing is like kind of a little bit of both, right? Because I'm analyzing a thing, but I'm making it at the same time. The best example is when Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, formerly on the FX network, sadly also on the FXX network. Uh, was still on the air. Probably the best watch network there is. FXX. It's a great place to see Simpsons reruns and yep. then Jurassic World. They should have started. Edited for TV. They should have started with the Simpsons reruns before they put us on there probably. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, but um, Aparna Nanchello wrote on that show. And Aparna appeared on Conan. And she got back to the office. I'm like, Aparna, are you the first Indian American woman to appear on late night television doing stand-up comedy? So we sat in a cubicle for a good five minutes, and we're trying to think about who else could it I'm possibly like, okay, be. Okay, well, Emo Phillips, I think he's white. Yeah. He's white. Okay, oh, take Nataro. Bill Burr. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Stephen Wright is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, um, you know, we decided, yes, you are, Aparna. You are the mm-hmm. first Indian-American woman to do stand-up on late-night television. So then I tweeted that in all caps because it was important. Uh, congratulations to Aparna Nanchella mm-hmm. for being the first Indian-American woman to do stand-up on late-night television. Next thing I know, there's a Jezebel article about Aparna Nanchella being the first Indian-American mm. woman on late-night television. And while they were writing it, I saw there was a, uh, there was a footnote. And I went to the, click the footnote, and the footnote was of my tweet. Wow. <laughs> you have the power to control Jezebel. I controlled Jezebel. Would, and when you get out of this, in all caps, would you just tweet, Jordan Jesse Go is the one podcast everyone should listen to? Yes. Thank you. Yes, I will absolutely do. But then all of a sudden, there was all these other um, articles about her being the first Indian American. And it was one of those weird things. Like, it's that easy, huh? Uh, in in terms of you being the authority on things, this Apparently. is something I've, yeah. I have wanted to ask you. Uh-huh. You, one of your famous early comedy bits is about the complicated relationship you have with Weezer. Oh, yes. yes. I was wondering, as 
you know, as Weezer for some somehow continues to continue, do people always want you to weigh in on whatever the latest Weezer thing is? Yeah, which always feels really strange. That does happen. Uh-huh. You know, I always thought that my big contribution to popular culture mm-hmm. would be destroying Weezer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> that's I'm gonna. They're get, very delicate, though. Not hard. To, not hard men to destroy. I'm gonna hear about Weezer for the rest of my life, and I was yeah. pretty sure that would be the thing. Mm-hmm. And little did I know. That you would kick it up a notch. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People do ask me, but it's kind of weird. It's like I don't know what to say. Like I, my, Matt Sharp still not in the band. Mm-hmm. Pinkerton was now twenty years ago. Green Album I still think sucks. Mm-hmm. Maladroit still sucks. Make Believe still sucks. I like two or three songs uh, from recent albums. The albums I generally listen to on airplanes when they offer them for free. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm already scared to death. Let's make this a little worse. <laughs> sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it only uh, it also comes out whenever a new album comes out. And Janine Garofalo mentions it to me. Oh, she is okay. still a fan. She's never wavered from being sure. a Wizard fan. I certainly have wavered. She'll talk about it, and then she'll claim that I was never a real fan, mm-hmm. that I'm a phony, that my criticisms are phony, that I haven't heard the record. Mm-hmm. And we go back and forth like this. But for- you have – but do you – so – Mm. So you 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 would like to refute that claim? You do sit down and give each one a chance. Reese, the last couple I haven't. To be fair, I, yeah. I don't even know when I stopped. It was a few albums. It was bef- maybe before or after Hurley. It was album right before or after it, the one that was like everything's going to be okay. Whatever that album was, I forgot the name of it. But it was a there was a few tracks on there that was, were very familiar and pleasant to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had the buzzing sound I like. Oh yeah, and the four part. I also like that. Shop I harmonies. also like that hmm. buzzing sound. They have that buzzing sound. They have the four part barbershop harmonies lyrics that that uh, are not stupid. Sure, they're yeah. like silly and quirky or heartfelt. That's a mix of that, right? Yeah. yeah. People I, will try and convince you that that stupid thing is on purpose. That it's making some sort of larger point. Five, I don't buy it. Five, six albums, it's hard to make that point <laughs> I anymore. don't buy it. I, I got mean, the I, point. I feel like on purpose and making a larger point are two separate questions. Mm, sure. It seems to me, not being 10% the mm. Weezer enthusiast that either of you have ever been in my – that I have ever been in my life, mm. I mostly just liked how that one video had those baby animals in it. It was cute. That's Island in the Sun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, it seems to me as though it does seem like the songs are stupid on purpose. Whenever I hear a new Weezer song, it seems on purpose. But I think it is a second bridge to cross, whether that is in service of making a larger point. <laughs> sure. Or whether they're just like, well, it's hard to write complicated songs. And while it's hard to make stupid on purpose songs, it's a little less hard. Mm-hmm. And probably our gift is m- making cute, catchy songs. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe money, we just tr- focus on not mucking that up. The money's good. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not going to play our stuff on the radio probably at this point. Yeah. we got to tour every year. Let's release more product. Oh, what? I found more demos from 1994. Let's put those out. Sure. Right. That's another million dollars out of nowhere. I yeah. have to say that I am grateful that uh, given the music that I listened to when I was 16 or 17, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone is ever going to ask me to reevaluate the catalog of Black Alicious. Mm. Nobody's going to be like, what do you think about that new Black Alicious album, Jesse? What happened to Black Alicious? They were so good. That alphabet they're, song. they're really wonderful. They're, they're, you know, they've made some, they've made some good music, but yes. you know, it's been a long time. I think Gift of Gab has uh, some serious uh, diabetes issues, uh. almost, almost lost a foot a few times. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. Well, there you go. That's that's all I got on new Black Alicious stuff. Have they released more albums or was? Yeah, they... they put out an album a couple years ago. Oh my god! I remember listening to them obsessively when I was in college. Yeah. Somebody. Uh. Somebody. I remember somebody pitched me, like, "Have you heard of Black Alicious, the underground hip hop sensation that's back?" And I was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah." I mean, like ten Black Alicious concerts. Right, 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 right. Like all I did between seventeen and twenty one. But yeah, wish them the best. Yeah. Seem like nice men. It was a lot of Black Alicious and Jurassic Five were very popular. Yeah, that. Jurassic Five. I'm, I'm, I'd be less prepared to defend in 2018. Fair enough. Charlie Tuna was the one of the representatives. <laughs> Charlie Tuna. Charlie. It was C H A L I E. Charlie Tuna. Yeah. Uh, spelled with a two. Number two. Correct. I, uh, Named after a local oldies radio host. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, Charlie Tuna was like a legendary <laughs> LA radio DJ. That's awesome. Uh, oh, I remember him. Yeah, there oh, you go. Interesting. There yeah. you go. 
Uh, in turn, of course, named after the famous tuna spokesman. Sure, right, yeah. <laughs> famous living tuna yeah. who sold out his own kind yeah. and served and sold their Ooh. meat to humans. I mean, if you were a tuna who had a hard time seeing mm-hmm. and the only way to get glasses was to sell out, yeah, no, you'd sure. do it, right? Is that the backstory that he couldn't see and the only well, way— I think he got his glasses. I mean, one, you can't get glasses from other tunas. You That's can't get true. it by schooling. Right, Which is the right. main thing that tunas do. So you got to do start doing people stuff. You got to sell out your species in yeah. favor of people because people are the ones who wear glasses. When was the last time you saw a fish in glasses? Man, these are the biopics that need to be made that aren't being made. <laughs> Other than Charlie, who's your Tuna? Charlie Tuna dream casting? Let's <laughs> oh go around. Oh my god, That's funny. You know what? Mm. Can I just say my mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm just saying for 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 you for for me mm-hmm. for me my Charlie Tuna. Dream casting is, um, hmm, I'm going to say Aparna Nancharla. Wow, that's wow. Thank you. That is very Thank good. you. There's a lot of reasons the to like that. first Indian American woman right. ever to do stand-up comedy. To play a tuna with a stigmatism. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tweet that out. Please yeah. do. Can't wait for the article that comes out about yeah. it. It's going to be a very good article. Yeah. Uh, I am on a text chain with some fellas who are... Friends of mine. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the main way I socialize these days is over text chain. And hey, you're one step ahead of me, buddy. <laughs> the main way I socialize is by uh, building robots with my children. That's fun. Uh-huh. Um, sounds like it's not fun. <laughs> it's all right for them. <laughs> they like it. It's not what I'd choose to be doing with my yeah, time. Because you fear robots. Yeah. Uh, and we had there's it's maybe fifteen fifteen uh, people on the text chain. Mm-hmm. And there's one person on there who is a recent Weezer defender, uh-huh. and there's one person who is a Dave Matthews defender. Oh, wow. And we were at it, so it turned to, it was started as dicking on them, and then they turned on each other. Good. As, as, as to, well, this sucks, but what about what that guy likes? And so what happened was that a playlist off was declared. Oh, wow. And uh, Weezer guy had to make a playlist of recent Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. Dave Matthews guy had to make a playlist of recent Dave Matthews songs. Which is hard because those are only on title. <laughs> sure, right, exactly. I don't know, if, I don't I don't know either. On title. Uh, probably not. Who knows? Uh, and then we were to decide as a group which one was worse. Can I ask a question? You may. Uh, the Dave Matthews band guy, mm-hmm. was he allowed to include live boots? Uh, oh, good question. It did not come up. He did not include any live boots. Some of those drum solos. I know. Uh, and, you know, heated discussion yeah. around both of these things. But what we came to as a group was that the recent Weezer highs were pretty good. There are a couple good recent Weezer songs. One that stuck out to me was California Kids. Mm-hmm. I know that is a parody of something you would call a recent Weezer song. Right. Hey, fellas, write one about fall. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but but California Kids is pretty good. It's not aggressively stupid. It's got a good, you know, it's got a good rhythm. It's a nice, it's a nice one of those. Right. So there were some high Weezer highs, but there were some lows. Oh boy, those lows that were on, that made it onto the that playlist. made it onto the playlist. Because that's the that's the key element here is if you theoretically right the band where you can pick out the highs is going to win that contest because you're only picking out highs. You're making a playlist. You're not you're not listening right. to whole albums. Sure, but but this what this guy was saying were some of the choice were some of the choice new Weezer songs were. Ooh, they, they like I I I I clenched. They were so bad. Now, do you think that they? Do you think that your negative reaction to yes. Weezer? Mm-hmm. Uh, this I'm gonna open this one up to the floor, sure. just so both of you are prepared. Mm-hmm. Do you think your negative reaction to Weezer is in part a relative reaction to the immense charms of their early hits? Which I think even I, a guy who does not like rock music, can say, oh, those songs were immensely charming. Um, you know, like when it, we were all 14 years sure. old or whatever and the Buddy Holly song came out, mm. it was like, oh, yeah, this is wonderful. This mm. is a delight. Um, and I think I could hear it right now and I think the same thing. I think what, what a delightful song, immensely charming. Uh, do you think that that relative uh, gap, mm-hmm. the gap between them, colors your opinion? Because honestly – uh, I could listen to the greatest Dave Matthews song ever mm-hmm. right now, 
and I would want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I know, I don't cast no aspersions upon those who, for whom that is important music and who love that type of music. But for my personal mm-hmm. taste, mm-hmm. it's the worst music ever recorded. I mean, I mean, for me, I can say Blue Album and, and Pickerton hold up. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true. Like when you hear those albums, do you want to blow your brains out? Uh, I feel like if I honestly, like if I am goofing around on the internet yeah. and some peer of mine says, there's a new Weezer song, here it is, and I listen to it, um, while I am not moved by it, I think, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Huh. And I think that's partly because I don't have any emotional investment in their greatest works. Um, to, to me, their greatest works are also fine mm-hmm. and fun. Um, and so the fact that their songs are dumber or seventy uh, fifth percentile relative to the one hundredth percentile of pop fun yeah. that their original songs were doesn't bother me. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. the relentless competence of the Dave mm-hmm. Matthews Band, who are relentlessly competent at the thing they do, and all talented musicians and so on and so forth, still is in service of the thing I want to hear least in the world. I think it was the level of fanaticism I had when I was a younger person because it wasn't just the hits. I I loved all the B-sides. I knew all the B-sides. Mm, I knew all the bootlegs. Sure. I'd heard the the kitchen demo from 94 that was released via Napster. It leaked. Right, because there were not a lot of Weezer songs for a long time. No. And so you had those those deep cuts, the, yes. the shit from the Angus soundtrack. Uh, correct, right. Uh, which was Turned actually, out a lot of the songs you thought were Weezer songs were actually Corky and, Corky the, and the Juice, juice Pigs. Pigs. Sure, yeah. The old, the old, uh, yeah, the old Napster problem. Yeah. I like that old switcher. It's like, let's just label this as something else. Right. People yeah. are going to think it's Weezer, mm-hmm. but it's not Weezer. <laughs> and then we get rich. Correct. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> but uh, Anonymously sharing mm-hmm. these songs. I mean, I mean, I, I made a lot of you know, other people who were Weezer fans at the time. Like, I felt like there was a there was a Weezer community. Yeah. Sure. Um, and at the same time, I feel like uh, okay, so definitely there's a, a degree of my youth that's connected to it. Did but, you ever see one of those secret shows they did as Goat Punishment? No, but they do all the Nirvana covers. I have not. No, cool. Anyway, I never did either. Yeah. I wanted to. Yeah, Goat Punishment. See, we should know what Goat Punishment is unless you're a real fan. Yeah. Real fans know what Goat Punishment is. Yeah, I mean, I love that band. Uh, Guys, and, and, remember when they did a whole video? It was like Happy Days? You're like, what is this? A music <laughs> video or Happy Days? Sure, yeah. It came out with the that. Windows 95 uh, startup uh, oh, CD. Really? Yeah, yeah. that and the Joe Carter home run of 93 that won the World <laughs> Series. Oh, wow. also a video that was on that. How interactive. Yeah, yeah. That's when I learned I loved baseball and Weezer and computers all at the same time. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I think you that's how you found your digital pornography <laughs> uh oh anyway the, the the end of this the end of this uh text chain discussion was that the dave matthews stuff never dipped above or below a certain area so you could kind of have it on and tune it out so it won by not having those no. huge drop-offs anyway i mean but. i think there's a certain extent to which the dave matthews band is the most consistent four mm-hmm. of any band ever like it could be because because it is designed to play in the background at a mall. Sure. Um, then you're you're square. Like how could it ever be worse than that? Yes. It always has that vaguely gentle quality to mm-hmm. it. That's not. It's not poking you at all. Will like, this be our our <laughs> most final episode? episode of all time? That, the lyrics in Crash though pretty disgusting. I never really thought about the lyrics of Crash. I think it's just long a kind of a we... general makeout song, or does it have a sinister well, it's just something? H- hike up your skirt a little more. Sure. Uh, show your world to me, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. little boy's dream. Mm. He's talking about her vagina. Oh I think. boy, really? Am I misinterpreting that song? <laughs> I don't know. Hike up your skirt a little more. Show your world to me, little boy's dream. Sure. I mean, I hadn't ever thought of it Crash. as to me. Yeah. It really is poetry. Mm. I'm really reevaluating rock music in general. Yeah, it turns out that lyrics can be poetry. They're the yeah, they're the sure they're the new poets. It's wow. not cowboys like me. Yeah, you know, out there frying up griddle cakes and guys considering the cactus flower. Leaving aside this Weezer versus Dave Matthews, mm-hmm. the classic. Decades long debate. <laughs> sure, Beatles, that, Stones, that we've cake, settled here on pie. the program. Can we? Can we all just agree on one thing? Yes. The greatest singer songwriter of all time mm-hmm. is Jack Johnson. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, of course, every week on Jordan Jesse Go, we are supported by all of our kind Max Fun members. Thank you to every single person who's gone to maximumfund.org slash donate to become a member. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're the best. Except for you, Frank. <laughs> yeah. You know what you did. You do. Don't give me that look, Frank. And also this week by our friends at Care Of, which is a monthly subscription vitamin service that is tailored to your exact needs. No more blunderbuss vitamin taking. No Jordan. way. You know how I took vitamins previously? Someone loaded them into a blunderbuss, which right. is an old-time pistol. And then I unhinged my jaw like right. a python, mm-hmm. and they just... Shot him right down my gullet. That's not the way to do it. My big fat gullet. That's yeah, well, not the way to do it. The re- particularly because it was not customized. Yeah. What you should have done mm-hmm. was have gone to takecareof.com, uh-huh. use promo code JJGO. What you would have gotten would be a 30-day supply of individually wrapped packets with your vitamins and supplements for easy grab and go. Here's what you do. You fill out a fun online quiz. A fun online quiz. And it figures out what exactly you need. It's like a BuzzFeed quiz, but instead of learning which Harry Potter house you would be a part of, you learn what kind of vitamins to take. It's like a Cosmo quiz. Right. Only instead of learning what sexual positions you should aspire to when you finally have sex as an 18-year-old, because you read that when you're a 15-year-old. Sure. You learn what vitamins you should take. Uh, Even if you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be hard to get all the nutrients your body needs. That's why you go to TakeCareOf.com. You enter promo code JJGO. You get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code JJGO. Hey, Jordan, we also have something up on the Jumbotron here at the ballpark. That's right. We want to tell you about the Flip a Script podcast. We're Flip a Script. We're bringing together comedians, voice actors, and writers from all walks of life into weekly podcasts. We perform a table read of screenplays submitted to us by our listeners for the first time while enjoying our favorite adult beverage and have a heck of a lot of fun doing it. It's MST3K meets Drunk History in a radio play format. It's your best friend sipping a little too much wine on a weekday. It's Flip a Script. Let's tell a story together. Search for Flip a Script in iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe there. Our thanks to Flip a Script, Max Fun, and Jordan Jesse Go listeners who have their own podcast. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, whether you want to wish somebody happy birthday, uh, you want to tell somebody to take a long walk off a short pier. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've done any threatening jumbotrons, <laughs> but maybe we should. No, I'm not if saying you want to threaten someone. I don't want any direct threats. I want sure. a general sense. That oh, you want to let want, somebody know? Like a go that jump you're in tired a, of their. Go BS. jump in a lake. Not sure. I'm going to push you into a lake. Okay. One is one is just a suggestion mm-hmm, of a kind mm-hmm, of general mm-hmm. miasma right. of. Negative vibes. That's what we want. Sure. We don't want direct physical threats. Okay. So long walk off a short pier. Yes. One. Yes. You know? Right. But keep one eye open when you sleep. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. That is uh, cheap and easy. Uh, and you can get your message out. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Uh, Hari Kondabolu, stand-up comedian. Hello. More like Hari Kondabolu, childhood destroyer. Mm. I like to destroy people's childhoods. What is that? What is that you like? I want to destroy that. What? Oh, you, you want to know about you love Saved by the Bell college years? It sucks. I saw it. Whoa, what's wrong with Sonic the Hedgehog? Do me, do me. <laughs> do me. Roast, roast my childhood. Tails was underage. Whoa, oh no! It's true. That relationship was inappropriate. 
Uh, Hari, by the way, I feel like I do, did not explain that at all, and I assumed a lot of base-level knowledge of the current comedy scene. Sure. Uh, Hari made a television documentary called The Trouble with Apu. The Problem with Apu. The Problem with Apu, which was— Speaking of The Trouble with Tribbles. Yes, thank you. Uh, which Star Trek episode. was and is about the challenges of being a kid who loved The Simpsons and whose entire life was changed by The Simpsons, like so many of us mm. who were about our age— um, and so many of us who are other ages as well, uh, but certainly those of us in our mid-30s, and uh, dealing with the fact that the only prominent Indian American in media at the time was Apu from The Simpsons, right? a broad ethnic caricature portrayed by a white person. See, see that's, um, that, that is a, a, like a synopsis from someone who's seen the film. Yeah. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the film, sure. right. the film is about how political correctness is important and we need to destroy the First Amendment. Right. Mm, sure. And also Get it minorities out are too sensitive. Sure. Minorities and women, too sensitive. Yeah, I mean, I, I presume that you cover reverse racism in the film. No, we would have gotten better ratings if we had covered that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The critics loved it, and people who saw it loved it. But if you didn't see it, you certainly hated the film. Mm. Uh, it it recently leapt in or leapt beta. It aired what like a year ago, maybe something like that. Yeah, November. It was last November. Yeah. Yeah, and and it recently uh, sort of resurfaced in the in the Twitter consciousness. Yes. When um, when two things happened, I would say uh, one was Hank Azaria, the actor who portrays Apu on the show, um, went on Colbert. Was it Colbert? Colbert. Mm. And offered a um, a pretty thoughtful yes. and eloquent set of remarks about his own culpability in it and his own role in this thing that was like very moderate and sweet, I thought, and, and pretty Classy. nice. There was a really big thing, though, he did say that I think a lot of us appreciated, which is that Indian Americans in this country have a very unique American experience, which – Goes far and beyond what you would expect to hear. Right. Well, that's like an incredibly thoughtful thing to say. So that was like, that's really what you want. Like, hey, we exist too. Yeah. We existed mm-hmm. then. That's that's really the whole point of the thing. So yeah. And then uh, one of the showrunners of The Simpsons uh, said something that was basically the opposite of that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, just like stunningly tone deaf mm-hmm. and rude. And uh, The Simpsons brought it up in an episode in a very poor. In a very poorly thought out yeah. uh, and ineloquent and not funny way. Which actually really bums me out because, you know, up to this point, there's the question of, did they do something in this in mean, to be mean-spirited? Did they do something because they didn't know? And, and the, the, you always have to, with The Simpsons, you know, I always assumed it was done thoughtlessly but not with mean intentions. Sure. Right. They're incredible writers. They always think about, like, who's really getting the hit. And the point is always on the side of good, right? Right. This was the first time it didn't feel that way. Right. And... As a Simpsons fan, I was more let down than I was as an Indian American at the episode that you referenced where um, Marge is upset about the old books that she liked and the fact that there's uh, lots of like racism, misogyny, all these things that are, no, no, are not acceptable. And Lisa says, well, what can you do? Things that were once lauded and critically acclaimed are now seen as politically incorrect. And it's like – Lisa said that? I know. Lisa talks about political correctness, yeah. the ultimate like social justice warrior. So they threw Lisa under the bus. And what was cool from the Hank Azaria interview is that he didn't know that was going to be said. They put that in after the script was completed. They put that scene in. So, you know, in terms of white fragility, it's kind of shocking. <laughs> like Al Jeed and those guys are like, uh, this guy's not going to get away with this. <laughs> Even though like 30 years, greatest TV show of all time. Taking guy... pot shots at me, the underdog? As a hundred million dollars? Harvard millionaires? <laughs> like, Who would have guessed? You mean a, a, a movie on cable television? Really? Yeah. You know? It's sure. like, and there's also some shit on Impractical Jokers I didn't <laughs> like. Right, right, right. I mean, look, I didn't do this movie to troll people, but if I did, I just won. I won big time. Yeah, yeah. sure. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. And looking at your Twitter mentions the last few oh, months from brother. time to time, oh, I no, can Jesse. see that I can see that you won. It must be what a, a must be a very heartwarming time for you. Did you know that I should die? <laughs> you, hey, hey, I mean, if you thought that was bad, you're going to get some shit about those Sonic the Hedgehog remarks oh. you were making earlier. <laughs> This is like what impresses me about the whole situation. Well, we're going to do momentous occasions in a second. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to spend the whole time on this. But like, what impresses me is it is sort of like the first time when GamerGate was happening. The first time I watched the Anita Sarkeesian videos, uh, the woman who was one of the big targets mm-hmm. of GamerGate, um, and I was like, oh, like she is in a very 
modest and pleasant way, sure. just pointing out some really basic, like, first class of Women's Studies 101, mm-hmm. like, totally non-controversial. She's not being a dick about mm-hmm. it. Like, she's not trolling anybody. This is real moderate stuff, like, real. And people are like, oh, she's a monster. And for Kill someone her. who clearly likes video games from watching that and i felt the same way who likes i felt the same way about about uh about your documentary harry and the reaction to it i was like if you could see what what kind of unfairness harry is capable of and decided not to bring to this documentary what kind of what kind of uh, not first person personal storytelling what kind of broad brush strokes he could have and chose not to use like a guy talking about his own personal experience not really blaming anyone going out of his way to be nice to everybody mm-hmm. Reinforcing over and over that I'm a Simpsons fan, that I love the show, that everyone loves the show. Because I assumed if I covered all those things in the movie, then the trolls couldn't say anything because I assumed everyone was going to watch it before they nah, criticized it. Nah, uh, nah, nah, uh, nope. Foolish. No, nope. That's foolish. Well, anyway, long story short, we've put out the address of Max Fun HQ on Twitter. Yeah. So we're looking forward to the death threats and uh, the SWAT you. teams showing up and so on and so forth. Aww. It's great to have you That's here, some Harry. good allyship. Thank you, Jesse. And if you have any Sonic the Hedgehog fan art you want to send to <laughs> <laughs> based on based on the remarks he just made. Uh, hopefully they're detailed. I uh, think that's what we love in those is detail. If something momentous. Vein, specifically, veins. If something momentous happens to you, like you get some particularly dank Sonic fan mm-hmm. art featuring some fat pulsing veins. Sure, some really, really veiny knuckles. <laughs> Are you drawing a veiny knuckles? Oh, God, I love Vainy Nux. Mm-hmm. Also, the princess was in the castle every single time. Whoa. She was fucking with us. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a Mario 1 reference. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, then give us a call at 206-984-4FUN for our segment, Momentous Occasions. You can also record a voice memo on your phone and email it to jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here is our first call. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Scott from Madison calling in with a Momentous Occasion. Um, I recently bought two guinea pigs, um, and I was struggling on deciding a name for them. Um, but I am currently out on my back patio uh, enjoying some of the weather here, and I have decided to name them after my two favorite podcasters, uh, Jordan and Jesse. So, yep. What the- <laughs> oh, shit! Wow. Oh, fuck! What Oh my God! I okay. Do you think Joe Rogan heard about this? <laughs> yeah, I thought he was lead, he was going to do this big lead up. Like I have two guinea pigs. I've got two absolutely favorite podcast hosts. So naturally, I uh, just want everyone to say hello to my two new friends, Georgia and Karen. <laughs> I thought that's where that was going, and I was like, I would be like, Bravo! That's a that's, yeah. that's a that's a long game. I appreciate. Nice piece of business. And no, who's got something bad to say about Georgia and Karen? Not, Not me. me. Not me. Uh, but I guess from I get upset Brian... listening to people talk about murders. But it, it it makes me uncomfortable. But I would I would listen to them talk about anything. They're delightful. Uh, Brian, I guess, told us our producer Brian uh, told us that that we actually have a we have a follow up. So we actually get to hear why. There was uh, there was a, a, a screaming interruption to that phone call. Now, Jordan, before we play this follow up, yeah, and I don't mean to get too dramaturgical here, mm-hmm. but I think we need to take a moment to consider our opinions of what what we may have just heard, because I think the follow up will contain an explanation. Yeah, we already know that my theory is that Joe Rogan was nearby. <laughs> I think a hawk stole the guinea pigs. Uh huh. <laughs> I think Jordan and Jesse, the guinea pigs, are fornicating. Oh sure, wow! Yeah. Like oh no, but they're my- yeah. <laughs> sure. Turns or- out it's Jesse with an IE. Mm, right, right. Sure, <laughs> and Jordan with a Y. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's hot lady, lady guinea pig on lady guinea pig action. One can only hope. Do you think guinea lady guinea pigs have the the physical? I guess I don't even know how a boy and a girl. 
guinea pig engage in coitus. Yeah. It seems like they wouldn't be able to reach, is my point. I think anything's possible. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You should speak at schools. Yeah, well, I'm trying. <laughs> they won't let me in. <laughs> I guess I should plan it ahead of time. Call yeah. somebody in the yeah. administration. Anyway. Okay. Well, I think we, uh, we've all made mistakes and uh, sure. we pay for them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, by doing these activities on probation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hari by on Twitter, and of course me having not eaten uh, mangoes for for quite a period of time. Oh, do you have to keep saying that? Gotta eat some mangoes. Okay, let's let's hear the second part of this call. Hi, this is Scott calling back uh, just now. A hook just swooped down and carried <laughs> Jordan into the air. <laughs> And threw it against the tree. <laughs> Jordan's dead. Oh no, fuck. <laughs> Jesse's dead. Jordan. I just named him. Ah. Rest in peace, my dude. Thanks. Okay. To be clear, <laughs> I did not know that was yeah, coming. I want to emphasize. And I am God! <laughs> a God. Do you think I, it's real? Is it real? I saw when Jordan was saying his fan theory mm-hmm. about what happened in the Jordan <laughs> Jesse verse. <laughs> fan theory. Yeah. Like how all the Pixar movies are connected. <laughs> I saw I saw Brian, and I, I will, I'll say this for Brian. You know, people, people mostly know, while Brian has appeared on microphone occasionally on Jordan mm-hmm. Jesse Go. People mostly know him for laughing loudly mm-hmm. enough that it pierces the soundproof veil of this recording studio from his engineering station. But the truth is that Brian is an open book. Brian's face betrays his feelings at all times. Mm-hmm. And so while Brian is behind you, Jordan, if I'm looking at you, I can see Brian through our studio window. And I saw a world of emotions play across his face mm-hmm. uh, when you said that a hawk pick up pick up the <laughs> guinea pig. Sure. Just a kaleidoscope of feeling mm-hmm. lit up his face like a Christmas tree. It was truly astonishing. But I think Hari's got a good point here. What if this call was a penguin in the pants? Mm, sure, a false a false flag. Yeah, a crisis act. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, that's a, a lizard person. Mm-hmm. If it is, it was very well done. You can say the production acting. values are good. good yeah, yeah, sure. There was some sound design there. The crying was okay. Yeah. <laughs> you have some notes. I have some notes. The crying is not the worst crying. The worst crying I've ever seen was Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. Uh-huh. That's bad what, crying. Remember, yeah. it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I'm like, is he laughing or crying right now? Yeah, right. could be say. either. Yeah. But, I don't think Matt Damon has ever actually cried. I think he doesn't know wow. what it's like to feel sad. So he's just. He's you know, like, going off other movies he's seen. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's kind of like laughing, but there's water in my eye. Right. Right. Do you think he's ever just felt frustrated while he's pumping iron? Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's, maybe he can go there. That could he's be trying his to juice place, his guns. This place that he goes to. I'm a, yeah, I personally, to... I'm like a Stanislavskian. Sure. So I really think that you should, you should think about your as if. So for, for mm-hmm. Matt Damon, if Matt, since you're, Matt's a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, of ours. Mm-hmm. Yours mostly. Sure. He tolerates me. Yeah. Um, but Matt, if you're listening, uh, if you have to cry in a movie in the future, uh, like maybe Goodwill Hunting 2, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, I think that, I think, did DreamWorks buy that? I think DreamWorks bought that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just think it's as if mm-hmm. I'm trying to juice my guns, but I'm getting frustrated. They're not juicing fast enough. Right. I, I see. We should take a minute to say mm-hmm. that. If this was real, we are we are R.I.P. Jordan. Jordan the guinea pig. Yeah, we're sorry. It's it's t- tough to lose a pet, even if it's a new pet. And I I'm I'm sorry we're we're goofing. Yeah, but it was amazing that I called it. Yeah, but uh, but we are we are truly sorry for your loss. Losing a pet is the worst. Yeah, I don't I don't want to encourage anyone to call in with a penguin in the pants. Um, however, I will say if this was a false mm-hmm. flag operation, I would suggest you apply for a job at American Public Media's podcast, The Truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As like a verite fiction podcast. I think you would do well there. That sounds nice. No, also, probably not as a cry actor. Mm-hmm. Are adults uh, buying guinea pigs? Hmm. 
Hard to say. I mean, I guess maybe if you have a, an apartment that doesn't allow non-cage pets, maybe yeah. you're doing it. I don't. It is that's that is. It's a question. Mm. It's a question. I mean, we heard from a few chinch owners sure. a few weeks ago. Um, so I think anybody who'd buy a chinch might buy a, a, a guinea. Uh, sure. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we don't abbreviate it. <laughs> yeah. We chinch is fun. Although chinch does sound like a slur, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway. I forgot that Something that's like a Something like a grandpa How about says a GP? you kind of look at him. How about a G-pig? I like a that. A G-pig. If we need to shorten that. G-pig. Yeah. Anyway. By the way, that reminds me. I got I to gotta email my GP. I need a colonoscopy. <laughs> Get that GP up in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, if something momentous happens to you, 206-984-4FUN is the telephone number to call, or you can just hit that voice memo button on your phone and email it to jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the hosts of Everything's Coming Coming Up, Simpsons. Simpsons. Every episode, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. Homer wearing that golf outfit is so funny. And when he gets super into golf, (laughs) he's wearing the golf hat in bed. bed. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, yeah. that's no surprise because it's The Simpsons, but, I mean, like, you, you can't say that about a lot, a, lot of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point have been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. La, la, la. I'm film critic April Wolf and host of the Maximum Fun podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Do you love genre films? Do you love female filmmakers? Do you love discussions on craft? If your answer is yes, you'll love Switchblade Sisters. Every episode, I invite one female filmmaker on, and we talk in-depth about their fave genre film and how it influenced their own work. So we're talking horror, action, sci-fi, fantasy, bizarro, and exploitation cinema. Mothers, lock up your sons, because the Switchblade Sisters are coming for you. Available at MaximumFun.org or wherever you find your podcasts. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Hari Kunabolu. You, you can come up. You can do a nickname. You can just say a nickname now. You don't think I'm at a at a well, point where you're... my name is enough? Well, no. I mean, no. You're a you know, beloved guest, regular repeat guest on the show. Yeah. But like at you this point, never... you don't think people are like, oh, my God, is that Hari Kondabolu? No one's adding a little moniker. Like, oh, my God, it's Hari Kondabolu. It's called branding, Hari. Yeah. Okay. That's how people remember you. This is why you're not Ali Wong. <laughs> oh, why did you have to bring her? <laughs> Ali Wong's a star because she's got branding. Mm-hmm. What's her branding? Oh, the Pregnant comedian. Pregnant mm-hmm. comedian. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, and this is uh... – wait, wait, wait. All right. Can, hey. I, can I clarify here for a oh, minute? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also being brilliantly hilarious. Very, very funny. Right. Oh, yeah. So those two very funny working in concert being... right, right. past Jordan Jesse Go guest Ali Wong, mm-hmm. a friend of ours. This is Hari Kondabolu, half of the Kondabolu Brothers podcast. No, that's just a plug for your uh, podcast with that's your also, brother. But that's kind of my identity too in That's a way. just you and your brother's podcast. This is the name of you and your brother's podcast. That is, that is true. Um, okay. All right. Hey, this is Harry Kondabolu. I'm friends with W. Kamau Bell. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. But then again, who isn't friends with W. Kamau Bell? Like the most genial man yeah. in the world. Yeah, I wouldn't true. say we're friends. I'd say we're pleasant. Like friendly acquaintances? Maybe he doesn't. I bet maybe he he knows he recognizes me, but maybe can't quite think of my name. Hey, no. Jason. He knows, we've known Kamau Bell for a long time. I think he could. I think he could pull your name. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if that constitutes friendship. I mean. Sure. I, I, How about this one? I got one. And this is Hari Kondabolu, famed adopted son of the Northwest. Oh, oh sure. there we go. The Northwest Seattle. Zone. Yeah, you're a regular Sean Kemp. 
Oh, mm-hmm. Sean Kemp had a bar and it just closed down. Really? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't called Kemp's. What was the problem with it? Too tall? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the the, uh, the the bar put on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. Could, couldn't dunk anymore. Yeah, I was never a strong passer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem with the bar. Still a little basketball humor over here, Jordan. Oh, I, I gathered. You want to get back to Weezer? <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> kind of mad we talked about it for that long, honestly. Uh, Hurry. Hari, your new special is, uh, w- what are we looking at? Imminent on Netflix? It is on Netflix. On Netflix. As we speak. It's on Netflix as we speak. I mean, I'm trying to look. We discussed this during the break. I don't know if I can get the full Ali Wong, which means stardom out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Half Ali Wong. I'm looking for a half Ali Wong. You're looking to be a semi-star. A semi-star. And I'm already NPR regular, maybe an NPR host and frequent oh. television contributor. You on various news networks. That's you a don't really need to reasonable be, goal. You don't need to be. Uh, you could. You you're willing to settle for being Kevin McReynolds, in other words, the baseball player. Yeah, explain that to me. You're a, a semi star. Oh, I guess he is you a semi star. Better than mm-hmm. he was. Better than he made all star games. Yeah, I want a little more than K Mac. You really? You want a more li- than that? A little bit. What more are you looking for, Bobby Bonilla? A, fr- a Fred McGriff, borderline <laughs> oh, Hall of Fred Famer. Oh, Fred McGriff, you're arguably looking, a Hall of he's Famer. He's looking to be the crime dog. <laughs> Got it. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He, he played clean in an era that was dirty. That's me. You don't. You're not going full Eddie Murray. Oh, I mean Eddie Murray's the football of- kicker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a, I wasn't thinking football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, I think you're going to get it. You're going to get that bump. You're going to get that bump from this appearance. I, I'm you re- are great. You're always great. Hilarious wait, guy. It's coming. You think so? Wait, is this the one that's also on public radio? No. That's the other one? This is just a podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Plus, my other show's barely on public radio these days. <laughs> just barely holding on. This does air on the Home Shopping Network around oh. 3 a.m. They put on the audio and just show a ring rotating. And we've been trying to get a meeting at Gas Station TV. It has not worked yeah. out so far, but I do think that at some point yeah, we will make it. Change of management over there. So I think we're yeah, we'll probably come in. We'll at probably some get point. a meeting. I mean, yeah. we're talking to our we're talking to we're talking to our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, is is Brian, sure, and sometimes Danny when Danny's helping out. Yeah. We're talking to Brian and Danny, and they're they're mm. they're talking to some people who have watched a lot of gas station TV just at the pump and everything, and right. they've got some insights as to how mm-hmm. we might be able to get a meeting. And so I'm pretty ambitious about. I feel pretty good about. Wait, the whole I don't thing. know gas station TV. That's a peephole that's set up in a urinal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Brian hangs out there all the time, and we're like, "What do you? Do? What do you still do?" He's like, "Research, baby." Yeah. This is professional interest. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, in in the special, there is a whole section of the special that discusses my appearance. In the uh, 2009 Sandra Bullock classic film, All About Steve. Oh, oh. so you got a stand-up chunk out of that I shit. Got, I got a chunk out of it. But I just get four bucks every four months. I get that too. Yeah, and and the, the California still takes tax out of it, which really bothers me. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what I what I do like about it too is, despite the fact that it's a really funny bit, the thing that people keep tweeting me is that I said 2007 in the special. It was 2009. That's mm, the big wow. takeaway. Sure. That's so you were wrong. At Gas Station TV is a great place to yeah. send your corrections about what year All About Steve came out. <laughs> it was on the shelf special. for a while. I can see why you're... That's, it was filmed in you... 2007, and mm-hmm. it was so bad they didn't want to release it. Mm-hmm. And then that uh, The Hangover came out, which Bradley Cooper was sure. in. And The Proposal came right. out. Well, that was the Made surprise Sandy hit. a star again. So they, she had the blind side coming up after. So like, let's slip in this Sneak all about... Sneak out this weirdly toned comedy. Let's get it out in time so it's playing in airplanes by the time the blind side comes out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's my film. That's the only film I've ever been in. Well, congratulations. Thanks. I get coffee for free every year because of that. Once, once or twice. Ooh. It's nice. Over at Sean Kemp's coffee place. <laughs> God, Sean Kemp. Man, when he's when he put on the weight, he couldn't dunk anymore. Which yeah. is bad because his main thing was, was dunking. dunking. And he's, yeah. what, six, eight, or ten. <laughs> that, so yes. at that point, you really don't even have to jump. No. Like, you no. just have to be able to reach. Yes, that is correct. And he lost his ability to reach. It was a sad situation for yeah. Sean Kemp yeah. Jordan. Very sad. I bet. Sounds bad. Very sad. Seattle Supersonics, mm. you know. You mm-hmm. know how it is with, sure. the, with the Seattle Supersonics. The Rain Man. Yeah. Plus, they got beat by the Lakers. Yeah. You know, nice cubes of pimp in the whole nine yards. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jordan, I want to plug something Sure. Here. You and I mm-hmm. 
have been working on a secret project. Yes. We're not going to announce what the secret project is. We're sure not. It's coming in mid-July. Mm-hmm. This mid-June? is- mid Thank you. Yeah. Mid-June. That's the right word for month. Yeah. It's coming in <laughs> mid-June. That is the right word for month. This is the most, I would say, the most exciting thing that we've ever worked on together. Sure. Um, Easy. I, certain, I mean, this episode, of course, Hari. Well, the Har- most. yeah, Hari's visiting from out of town, second. so- yeah. Yeah, I mean, this I'm, is the most excited I mean, I've ever had around a piece of creativity, but this secret project is close. Not counting out of town visitors. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to mention two things. Yes, you should. If you are in the audience for Jordan Jesse, go. We expect you to be on board for this project. Please do. If you're not on board for this project, we're kicking you to the curb. Mm-hmm. Overall, one hundred percent. Get out of here. We've worked too hard on this. Take thing. that. Enamel pin off your denim jacket. Yeah. You're not a true fan. Yeah, even your denim vest. Mm. We're taking it that far. Sure. Vests and jackets. Vests and jackets. No matter what de- denim garment you're wearing mm. that isn't pants, mm-hmm. take it off. Denim Converse, maybe? Is that something? Must be. Seems it's like it would be. be. Denim Applejack cap like Fat Albert? <laughs> The short-lived denim condom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, sure, short-lived in retail stores, long-lived overall. Oh, sure. I mean, it's yeah. extremely durable. That's yeah. probably its best quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had many weaknesses. Yeah. Durability was not one of them. Uh, pre- pregnancy and STD prevention, not... Uh, nope. Also, yeah, poor, worked poor for that. Yeah, poor, t- difficult to lubricate. reusability, though. Yeah, difficult to lubricate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you And get... you can just throw a blazer over it if you want to, if you're going <laughs> yeah. somewhere nice afterwards. I mean, the yeah. logic was like, okay, you're a teenager, you're 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 touching yourself, you're wearing jeans. Well, this seems like it would be perfect for a condom. Oh yeah, sure. Sexual pleasure, but right. in fact, mm. all sorts of other problems. And yeah. I mean, I think I I personally am, have always been into the raw denim thing, and I love the way that my denim condom kind of is like a record of the history of right. my wear sure. of it. Wow, that's the different character. things I put my donger into. Sure. Yeah, it's like a walk except for your penis. The key though is. <laughs> <laughs> the key is you can't wash it. Yeah. You don't wash it, Hari. If it right. gets smelly, you just put it in the freezer overnight. Mm, that's correct. Okay. The other thing that I want to mention. First of all, our special project comes out June 13th. Yeah. Don't fuck this up and miss this. Mm. Okay. The 13th will be a very unlucky day for you mm, if you miss our sure, special project. Sure, even though it's not a Friday. This is but Jason will still kill you. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the that's the brand promise of our secret project. Yeah. Jason will kill you. <laughs> if you don't like it. If you don't like it. Uh, I also want to mention that if you're here in Southern California on the 12th at Dynasty Typewriter, mm-hmm. there's a theater here in the Westlake District uh, that is uh, right near our office. Um, a beautiful new theater that's run by our friend Jamie Flam, past Jordan Jesse Go guest, I believe. Um, we will be hosting the world premiere of our special project. It is going to be wall-to-wall stars. Um, so make sure that you write that on your calendar and g- get yourself some tickets uh, because it is going to be an extravaganza and a half. 150% of an extravaganza, Jordan. Good. So mark your calendars, folks. Hari Kondabolu Netflix special right now. Warn your relatives. Available. Kondabolu Brothers podcast. Don't listen to that. It's not Very worth it. Good. It's I'm not a, worth it. It's I'm just some bullshit that Hari likes to plug with a mm, fake nickname. And occasionally I'm on- With his surly the, brother. He's not surly. I'm the surly one. No, he's pretty surly. Well, you're pretty surly too, Hari. I'm, I'm not going to- You're moderately surly. He's surlier than you, though. I'm also occasionally on The Bugle with Andy Saltzman. Hey. Oh. You would get along with Andy Braggy. Saltzman. I know Andy Saltzman. I've uh, had really? dinner with Andy Saltzman in England. I can imagine England. that friendship. That seems like a good yeah, friendship. We had a, pretty, we had a pretty good friendship. He doesn't like to talk necessarily. Well, that's not his thing. He just has gotta, a podcast. Got to work. Got to work him. Yeah, he's got to have some material prepared he if you want to him to converse with you. When but... the camera's rolling, when when they're recording, he's on. Yeah, yeah. sure. He saves it. Saves, saves it. that juice. Every single bit of that juice. You want some cricket jokes? That's your man. No, oh, yeah, I do like some cricket jokes. <laughs> <laughs> there are jokes I can make on the bugle that I can't make anywhere else <laughs> in the so. world. Um, yeah, June twelfth and thirteenth. Hari's on Netflix. Uh, you can also check out his podcast, The Kundabolu Brothers Project, um, with his surly brother. 
Uh, our producer, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. You can find us on Twitter with the hashtag JJGo. Tweet what you think about this week's show. If you've got corrections for the show, tweet them at Gas Station TV. They'll be grateful to hear them. Uh, you can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com and on Facebook where you can like Jordan Jesse Go, where we love to share dank memes and sweet new projects from Jordan Jesse Go pals. Uh, and we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.